cut the Riata clean, and try to kill one another. Bringing the land question down to personalities, it presented these two as the star attractions, two well-known, soon-to-be legendary figures about to butt heads. It brought the crowds to Sweet Mary to fill up both hotels, the Congress and the Alamosa, a dozen boarding houses, the seven restaurants and thirteen saloons in town. For several weeks, this throng swelled the normal population of about 400 souls, which included the locals, those engaged in commerce, nearby farmers and ranchers, and the miners at the Sweet Mary Works. Now there were curiosity seekers, gawkers, from all over the territory and parts of New Mexico. Not here yet were the hundred or more gunmen, eventually hired by the company to protect its leases and quartered at the mine works. These men were paid, it was said, twenty dollars a week. There were newspaper representatives from the Phoenix Republican, Phoenix Gazette, Yuma Sentinel, Safford Arizonian, Tucson Star, Florence Enterprise, Prescott Courier, Cocochino Sun, Clifton Copper Era, Graham County Bulletin, Tombstone Prospector, St. Louis Globe Democrat, Chicago Times, and the New York Tribune. Harper's Weekly had hired the renowned photographer C.S. Fly of Tombstone to cover the war with his camera, the way he had pictorially recorded Crook's campaign against Geronimo and his renegade Apaches. C.S. Fly set up a studio on the South Street and there presented showings of many of his celebrated photographs of Indians, hangings, memorial parades and well-known personages, including Geronimo, former President Garfield, and several of Brendan Early and Dana Moon. The two photos that were perhaps best known showed them at Fort Huachuca, June 16, 1887, with a prisoner they had brought in that day. There they were, six years ago. Brendan Early, in his hip-cocked cavalry pose, first lieutenant of the 10th at Huachuca, but wearing civilian dress, a very tight-fitting, light-colored suit of clothes, bare-headed to show his brown, wavy hair, a silky-looking kerchief at his throat, a matched pair of Smith & Wesson 44 Russians, but forward in army holsters, each with the flap cut off. Cavalry boots wiped clean for the pose. Brendan holding his Spencer carbine like a walking cane, palm resting on the upraised barrel. He seems to be trying to look down his nose like an eastern dandy while suppressing a grin that shows clearly in his eyes. In contrast, Dana Moon with his dark, drooping mustache that makes him appear sad, hat brim straight and low over his eyes, a bulge in his bony countenance indicating the ever-present plug of tobacco, dark suit of clothes, and a polka-dot neckerchief. Dana's forty-four Colt's revolver is in a shoulder rig, a glint of it showing. He grips a big fifty sharps in one hand, a sawed-off twelve-gauge greener in the other. All those guns for a man who looks so mild, so solemn. Between the two, half a head shorter, is a one-eyed Membreno Apache named Loco. 
What a funny-looking little man, huh? Black eye patch, black stringy hair hanging from the bandana covering his head. He looks like a pirate of some kind, wearing an old dirty suit coat and a loincloth. But don't laugh at him. Loco has killed many people and went to Washington to meet Grover Cleveland when times were better. The caption beneath the photo, which appeared that year in Harper's Weekly, reads, Lieutenant Brendan Early, Loco, Dana Moon, two famous heroes of the West with a captive red devil. There was also a photo of the two famous heroes standing on either side of an attractive, fair-haired young lady in a torn and dirty cotton dress. She is wearing a man's shirt over her quite filthy attire, the shirt unbuttoned, hanging free. The young lady...